0: Yeah, I just saw that, yeah. Okay. Good morning, everybody. Phil Stevens here. Uh, this is Iron Radio. I'm a strength coach. I run Strength Guild. I am officially going to be a Highland Games thrower again tomorrow. Uh, Powerlifter, strength coach, a bunch of other stuff.
1: Hey, it's Dr. Mike T. Nelson, creator of the Flex Diet Cert and the Fizz Flex Cert. This Flex Cert's open through Monday night at midnight. PhysiologicFlexibility.com, and down here in South Padre, Texas, had a good kiteboard session for three hours the other day, which was fun until I crashed on a jump real hard and uh, popped one of the struts off my bladder, and it lost air, and I had a 35-minute walk-in.
0: <laughs> oh, so not your your human bladder, but your bladder on your thumb. no,
1: no, the bladder on the kite. Yeah, I didn't pop my own human. Bladder. I don't
0: want you to pop your bladder. That'd be bad.
1: I've thought uh. of that actually. When you're going, out, like, <laughs> I'm definitely going to whiz before I go out. Like if you hit hard, like oh, I'm pressure sure. and stuff. Yeah. I'm like I don't know if that <laughs> could happen, but I don't want to find out.
0: <laughs> no. no kidding.
1: So, so and today I fly out to Idaho, help uh, with the special forces experience, uh, helping administer their eight day intensive called the Process in the mountains That's... of Idaho. That'd
0: be fun. Yeah, should be good. Uh. Before we get into some, some crazy studies and stuff that I sent you, I wanted to talk about oh, a couple things. Someone, we should, I should have mentioned this last week and it totally skipped, skipped my mind, but, uh, the world of powerlifting has, has changed. A new benchmark has been made. Finally, somebody deadlifted over a thousand pounds in a full meet. Uh, Danny Grisby became the first powerlifter to, uh, like, like I said, go above a thousand pounds. He deadlifted a thousand two point five pounds or well, no one thousand twenty five point two pounds in on his third attempt, which gave him the raw world record. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's one twenty fiver. So a hundred, two hundred seventy five pound human. And we were laughing before the show because I was like, yeah, he's not huge. And, <laughs> uh, it's true. I mean, like, yeah, comparatively. Like me, Comparatively, that. when you live in the world of elite powerlifting, he's not a huge mammal. Yeah. Uh, when you're talking like half doors, Eddie Hall's and you know Dan Bells and things are like that. So uh, impressive to see. Yeah. Uh, you know his none of his other lifts were horrid. I mean, his squat is way behind his deadlift, but he's still an over 600 pound squatter and uh, 440 on bench. And he's young too. I think he's in his 20s, his early 20s. Oh Jesus. Uh, yeah, he doesn't look like a, it doesn't say his age. Um, he doesn't appear to be that old. So somebody was saying he's an ex Marine, something like that. Uh, hmm. don't take me. That's just hearsay, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a huge feat because I've always said it. It's one thing to lift a thousand pounds or have a big deadlift altogether. It's another one thing to have a big deadlift. After a big squat and a big bench and a long day.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Especially. Totally different things. deadlifts last.
0: Yeah. And we've seen, you know, we've seen, what was it? It was Bolton. Yeah. Early 2000s that got the first ever one. And that was again, just a deadlift only meet. Yeah. And, uh, then we've seen several since then, but hell, even to do not just like 1,000 even or 1,000, whatever relate to it. In kilos, a thousand point eight seven five or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, he bumped it up to a thousand twenty five. Uh, that's pretty impressive. Seeing as, like, what Eddie Halfdoors seventy eight pounds ahead of that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and he's twice the man. So, it's uh, an impressive lift. So, yeah, congrats to him. And now it's going to be interesting to see. It's one of those things that I think. We've seen it numerous times. It's like it takes someone to do it once. Yes. To make other people realize, oh, it is possible. You know, they take that impossibility out of it, and it'll be interesting to see how soon it is before we see someone else do it. Uh, yeah. Cause usually, yeah, Even
1: then, it. it still takes months to years. Oh, yeah. I think there's this, like, uh I, have, I was going to do an article on this, like when Roger Bannister broke the four-minute mile. Mm-hmm. There were a bunch of people who did it after, but I think that was a period of several years after. It wasn't yeah. like
0: high school kids are now breaking a four-minute no, mile. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think but there's totally something to be said about the, it's just that mental barrier for people. Like, yeah. A lot of people think, okay, it's not possible because no one's ever done it. Mm-hmm. And then once it's been done, people are like, oh, okay. Well, if that fucker can do it, why can't I? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Cause someone has done it, but,
1: uh. I think it wasn't the, <laughs> blanking on the guy's name who invented the segue. Bah. But I think one of his quotes was, you know, don't tell me it's impossible. Just tell me nobody's done it yet, which mm-hmm. I always loved that. I thought that was super cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. And he said he has the, uh, Now he has the goal now of 1,043 and a 2,300-pound total. Wow. So we'll see. And he's talking about in the summer of, well, this summer is his new goal. So that would give him the second-highest total of all time in the 125s.
1: Wow. That's got to be for, I mean, if you do Wilkes, that's got to be – up there, even for a total, isn't it? Because the body weight's low.
0: Yeah, it should be. Uh, I got to add it in there. Yeah, because uh, it's not even saying what his current was in on this. Oh, okay. But uh, Wilkes is so goofy to me. It's just, it makes sense, but
1: it was a good attempt, I think. But I mean, yeah. all those attempts are going to be, yep. <sighs> somewhat flawed over time, I think. It's, a, I, I get it and I think it did a decent job of what it was yes. doing, but it's far
0: from perfect. Yep. I don't know if they could ever make anything perfect. No. It, be, no way. No. But especially now when you start mixing men and women and trying to even yeah. that out, it's like, oh, good Lord. So. Um, no, the other one I had come up was, uh, somebody just posted, it's the NFL is pushing for it. So the end of, so we were talking about the other day, like boxing and the pentathlon and weightlifting are out of the Olympics. Now, in the LA Olympics, there's a big push by the National Football League to put flag football in in the Olympics. Uh, I'm sorry, nothing against flag football, but it's an intramural sport at best. It's not an organized sport. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not, not an real... Olympic level. No, and, and like how many other countries are participating in flag football?
1: That's what I would wonder.
0: You know, it's like, how are you even bringing the, how is this even, yeah, a thought? But, uh, yeah, I don't know. And it's bad. Like I said, I can understand the weightlifting thing, giving them a, a short-term ban or something, because again, a bunch of Kazakhstan lifters got, but pop- like, like eight more got popped. Oh, jeez. Um, and it's all this back-testing stuff, which they should have never opened that can of worms, which we talked Oof. about. It's just a dumb move, and it just looks bad on everybody. But uh,
1: because how far down are you gonna test? Yeah, to and how far back clean, are you gonna keep
0: going? Course. Yeah, like if you let's back test like 1984, then <laughs> everyone will be out. Like, <laughs> there are no medals given. Uh, and, you know, we had a conversation about this the other day, and it's like it's getting to the point where it's like they should have never opened that can of worms. And we're almost to the point where it's like the average person needs to realize that as long as there's a way for elite athletes to get an advantage, some of them will do it. Yes. Or a large percentage of them, even potentially. So especially when there's to, so much to win. Yes. And especially in other countries, there's so much yeah. to win. Like here, it's okay, you get a little bit of fame for a week and a half. Yeah, if that. But in other countries, you know, you're talking generational money. Yeah. And, and houses, uh, and stuff. So it's like, at what point do we just say, just let them do it? You know, because we know we're, like, they're not going to stop it. There's always going to be a chemist out there, like, looking to break the rules and help these people not get caught. And what's fucking them now is the back test. It's like they're still not catching them in the act. No. Hell, they didn't actually catch uh, – oh, what's his name? It's losing my mind. Tour de France writer uh, Armstrong. No, Lance Armstrong. Like, Lance never literally got caught. No, he got issued <laughs> oh. because
1: other people on his team reported yeah, on him and for lying and, I don't know, a bunch of other stuff. I yeah, guess. and
0: then he finally just admitted it. And it's like, yeah. so it's like, come on. Uh,
1: Did they have to test to, like, the, what, 18th position in the Tour de France that yeah. year or some, something, something crazy, crazy like that? Yeah, it's like,
0: <laughs> and even that guy was probably on something. Right. You know, when they just lucky enough didn't catch it yet. Uh and I don't know. I mean, there's got to be a push. Like, there's a big percentage of the population that's just I just want to see what the human body can do. Just let them, with with scientific advances. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough, but. Well, you get understand. into
1: it's, potentially genetic engineering and peptides yeah. and all sorts of other stuff that yeah you can outlaw. It. I mean, look at like growth hormone. I mean, uh, that was but, outlawed uh, in theory how many years before they even had a test and they yes. kept having the rumor that we have a test it's coming out and you talk to other people on the inside and they're like, they never had no fucking test. Yeah, they were exactly. just telling that to try to dissuade people. And yeah, they were working on it, but <sighs> yeah. yeah.
0: So yeah. So that's a tough one, but, uh, yeah. we'll and I get it mean. if
1: you're, you know, an athlete in, especially in the U S or even other countries where, you're trying to follow all the rules. You're, you know, doing everything you can. And then you put in your life work to get there. And then you get beat by someone else who's not playing by the same rules, even mm-hmm. though these are the rules we all agreed upon. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, that would... yeah. And I mean, it's a big part of why, I mean, from being somewhat on the inside of the weightlifting thing, like it is, it's not arguably, it is one of the main reasons why the USA did so bad in weightlifting in the Olympics.
1: Yeah, especially when you get to more strength and power stuff.
0: Yeah, and in, in weightlifting, it was like like literally bought out, brought over Abhijev or whatever to, to help with our people, and the first thing he says is like, you know, what are our supplements we get to use? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, you don't. And like all the other countries are doing it, and at the same time, we're like, Stringently testing our own athletes and other countries aren't, and it's like, yeah. well, no wonder we're getting our asses beat. And some you people know.
1: are like, oh, that's such a dick move. I'm like, no, he's just being honest.
0: Yeah, he is. <laughs> you know, that's just what they do over there. You know, so, but, uh, I don't know. And it's, I understand the argument against, I mean, I'm not dumb. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, you gotta understand you're not gonna stop it. It's just, it's never going to end. So, it's almost to that point where it's just, just throw it in and just allow it. Uh, and I, I'd, I'd almost
1: did get it to end. And you're talking like the Olympics or stuff that has what multi million dollar TV deals, yeah. you know, it's like what happened in baseball. It's like, I think at one level people say they want an even playing field and that yeah. sounds great. And if you could do it a hundred percent agree, but If you can't do it, and even if you did and you allowed, you know, other things for a period of time, and now you never see any records broken, people are doing sub what they did before, Yes, I think the public will be kind of like, hey, what's going on?
0: Yeah, oh yeah, (laughs) because people people want to see records broken, and let's say, theoretically, they did. Somehow, they just banned everything, and they woke up with tests for everything. And now they don't allow it. And people are watching, like the Olympics viewership is already down. Right. So now imagine that no one even matches current records close. <laughs> it's going to be a snore fest and nobody's going to tune in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, that'd be like, I don't know, world's strongest drug free man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, nobody's going to watch that shit, I mean, except for friends and family. It's going to be like going to a powerlifting meet. it's going to be 25 people watching because they have to be there um, to support their brother, you know, so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So but then the other flip side is,
1: you know, it's always easy to pick on, you know, professional bodybuilding, so it's not tested and it's more yes. of a display of, muscle hypertrophy and all the other accessory drugs that go into it. You've got athletes that start dropping left and right. Yeah. You know, they tried to, you know, curb that a while ago when it happened many years ago too, because of primarily diuretic use and, yeah. and other things that people were doing which, you know, Paul Delek gets carried off on stage looking like a frozen statue and you know yeah. that that doesn't bode well for your organization either. No.
0: But I mean then again, if they made it legal, then at the least, these people could openly get medical advice. Yes. You know, right now you can't even do that. You'd have to find a doctor you can trust, uh, that won't tell, so you don't go to prison forever, and, or you don't get banned from your sport. So even that, it's tough to find a scrupulous doctor that would actually give you real advice. Because I'm imagining the doctors they got are like part of the, like in Russia, they're part of the gulag, and they're going (laughs) to tell you, oh, you're fine, you just keep taking the DECA, you know, (laughs) your body's Uh, handling it great. Um,
1: I wouldn't be so worried in the U.S. because obviously you have doctor-patient confidentiality, but in other countries where you don't have things like that set up, exactly what what you said, it, it's like, yeah. oh, the somatic red's like yogurt. Oh, you're good for four yeah. more days for competition.
0: <laughs> yes, your liver is supposed to be 25 pounds. You're okay. Right. Uh, <laughs> it looks kind, kind of yellow, yellow. strong. Okay. You know, so, uh, yeah, but I don't know. I don't have the answers, but in in my mind, it, we're we're well to that point where it's just like, fuck them, just let them, just create two of them. If you created two Olympics, the cream's gonna rise to the crop, and I can almost guarantee you that the games that would get the viewership would be the games where people are drugged. And yeah. they, like, we quickly notice that's really what people want to see. Um, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, look at—we'll just say I won't pick out any names, but professional sports in the U.S. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the the thing of oh yeah, we drug test, so fans can be like, yay, it's all drug tested. Yes. But. They realistically want to see, you know, balls going over the fence, more touchdowns, you know, more scores, goals, whatever. But they kind of want the nice sort of warm fuzzy of like, oh, they're tested, they're fine.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's no denying that, like, Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire saved baseball. And how did they do that? By doing drugs. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) People want to see people knocking dingers. You know, yeah. and uh yeah, so it's just natural as a viewer to want to see amazing shit, mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean you have to do it, but at least these people, and you can't tell me like, like the NFL is not clean, the NBA is not clean, none of them are clean, Um and arguably, in my mind, they shouldn't be, I mean, yeah. Like And I've said this numerous times before. If I'm one of those billionaires, if I'm Clark Hunt and I own the Kansas City Chiefs and I'm a billionaire and I'm paying Patrick Mahomes $450 million to play a game, I'm expecting you to do whatever it takes to be your best. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I'm going to be mad if you're not um, because I'm giving you a half a billion dollars Yeah. Uh, over the next 10 years. And it's like, come on, you know, give me your best, kid. Uh, whatever that means. I, you don't have to tell me, just fucking give me your best. So. Yeah,
1: and most of those <laughs> athletes don't get to the level where they're at to be the elite of the elite without being highly competitive. Yes. You know, and, that it, and if you take a group of athletes like that where the incentive is millions of dollars, they're mm-hmm. already hyper competitive assuming that they're not going to do anything else that makes them perform better is just ignorance. Yep. You know, I mean, you can't load a system that way with that kind of type of person. I'm not saying all of them do it. It's a personal kind of more ethics decision that each person, you know, has to make, but you can't close your eyes and put fingers in your ears and go, well, none of them will do it because it's illegal.
0: No. Well, especially, I mean, the NFL is a good, like, the percentage of NFL players that are from that come from nothing is big. Oh yeah. So you can't tell me that, like, okay, kid, you have a chance to save to to, to change your family for life if you play this outright. Like, the generations following you will want for nothing if you take the blue pill. <laughs> you know? And uh, you know they're going to do it. So, and I don't blame them. But um, and that's yeah. why I love like this is one thing powerlifting has over other sports. It's the only sport I can think of that. Well, I guess strongman too, and they just Strongman's is different because it doesn't have two different areas. There's no like natural strongman, but in power <laughs> they have the two separate yeah uh, entities. And I love that. The thing I hate about it is there's still fuckers, even though there is an untested powerlifting. There's still assholes that take shit and then compete and test it.
1: Yeah, I don't understand that. And I, hate I mean, I understand it, it but like,
0: it's just like... That is worse than, than just lifting in, like, in, in Olympic weightlifting. They don't have an avenue, so right. I understand it more. Like, in powerlifting, you have somewhere to compete. You're just being a dick. And want to say you're natural and you're not, even though there's a place for you to compete. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I would love to see all sports do that. I mean, like give us, give us two NBAs, two NFLs, two MLBs and let the cream rise of the crop and let the people vote by viewership on which sports better. Yeah. And my guess would be the one where they're allowed. Because you're going to see freaks, and people always want to see freaks. It's just like when people tune into NASCAR. I guarantee you 90% of them are tuning in to look for a wreck. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they're watching. Because it's boring as shit to watch 50 cars do left-hand tur- turns. Especially uh, going in a circle. It's like, yeah, you're just riding in a circle for two hours. But, uh, anyway. Yeah, the hard part with that is that
1: the cat's kind of out of the bag then. So it's like you... Have to admit that these people are probably using something. If oh look, here's a non-tested division. Wink, wink. Oh, yeah, tested division. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: So, I'm trying to go back here, and we'll move on to the next part. We had a listener. I'm trying to find who it was. Oh, it was on my Instagram, not on my Facebook. We well, had a listener. I'm, right. My is. last
1: comment too on that is that. Even in the US, let's say if you're NFL or mixed martial arts or someone who may be taking potentially head trauma, uh, your options for what to do after that sometimes are also potentially limited by, you know, legality too. Yeah. From CTE, risk of depression, other things going on. I know some people who have gone to, we'll say other countries to do other things. They're not legal in the U.S. because of, they think, some major issues that have been related to being hit in the head multiple times, too. So to me, it seems crazy that if you're an organization, you're kind of sort of allowing them to do whatever when they participate. But once they're done, it's like, oh, if you want to try to get back to a, a healthier state, then you may have to go to other countries to do things that we don't allow here either. So Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's 100%.
1: True. So, this fall, there'll be a lot more on that coming up, which is yeah. all I can say right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, head trauma's a major thing. I mean, and I agree with a lot of the changes in the sports for that stuff. Yes. You know, keep the athletes safe, but as well as you can while not changing the sport. You could just uh, play
1: flag football. Oh, God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but... Um, So one of our our listeners, Joel, I'm going to leave his last name out of there just because I don't have permission to – I don't want to blast him all over the place. Uh, Joel wrote us about a – he wants us to talk about something that's come up, and this is the reason. Joel, you're the reason why I'm bringing this up, but like four other people have asked me about this over the last two months, including my wife jokingly messing with me. Sunlight on your balls Mm. for a 200% testosterone increase. Um, the influence of ultraviolet radiation on the excretion of sex hormones in the male. So, and he sent a study and I sent it to Mike. Uh, but I didn't even notice you're the one that brought it up to me. It was like, it's a study published in 1937 or something like that. But, uh, um, this has been big. Like, like I said, like five different people have come up to me. He's like, do you sun your balls? No, I don't sun my balls. <laughs> I'm afraid of, good lord, if sun got there. I would be hurting for a week, but uh, is there don't any validity that. to this?
1: Done burning your nutsack?
0: Oh, God. No, oh. I don't want that. Yeah, I couldn't imagine because I don't like, like, my head got burnt last weekend, and I was unhappy. Uh, my The head on top of my shoulders. Um, oh. <laughs>
1: <so>. <laughs> I was like, oh, you are testing this up. Yeah,
0: no, and I was unhappy. But is there any validity to this stuff, Mike? What do you got for us? <sighs> <laughs> some some stuff, right? Yeah. So
1: they're a lot of it's animal research, right? So they did one study where this is from a Tel Aviv University. They took a group of um, mice, and they were looking at U V B radiation, yeah. and eh, they were looking at mating behaviors and a bunch of other stuff, and maybe there was a difference there in a mouse. Um, A couple of years ago, there was a study looking at uh, red light exposure on your nutsack, right? So photobiomodulation, which is a specific, there's a couple of different wavelengths of red light you can use. And we've talked on the show about this in the past, that I have a red light panel I use when I'm at home. I don't use it when I'm down here in South Padre and get enough sunlight. Mm-hmm. I don't sit in front of it buck naked. I still wear shorts because I'm... Not sure that part of my body I really want a ton of exposure to, <laughs> um, but red light therapy in general has a fair amount of positives with it as long as you don't go crazy because it is a short term stressor mm-hmm. um, in terms of the other studies you sent uh, this was a very weird study, but you know looking back at studies that are quite old they're not necessarily by the same standards we have. Some of them are, some of them aren't. It just depends on what type of study. Uh, but this one is from July 1939. So I'd hope we've learned something new since then. But the influence of ultraviolet irradiation upon excretion of sex hormones in the male. <laughs> the main author is Abram Meyerson, Myerson, M-Y-E-R-S-O-M, and Rudolf Neustadt. It's from the Division of Psychiatric Research, Boston State Hospital. So the interesting part is that th- to me, reading this, this is more of a psychiatric study, not necessarily, uh, testosterone, you know, production type thing. But, uh, so what they did was, uh, previous to this, uh, they concluded from their experiments previously, this is in the, the intro, there's only a low degree of responsiveness of female pituitary to light if a 100-watt incandescent bulb is applied. And I couldn't find what study they referenced that. This is some earlier work where they're looking at this in uh, females. The study is a little weird because it flips back and forth between animals and humans. Um, so in one of these studies they just talked about earlier, this was in a group of birds. Uh, they said, quote, if light has any influence on this group of birds, reacts to shortening and may not lengthen the day. And again, if you if you just put your common sense pants on, you realize that most studies done in animals like they don't wear clothes. So <laughs> yeah. they're probably going to get some UV in that area compared to humans. Which I'm sure there's a bunch of paleo nutballs running around now saying, "No, oh, that's why we don't need to wear the clothes. It should all be UV exposure to be more like animals and whatever." So, yeah. Uh, so with this one, they were primarily looking at excretion of sex hormones. I tried forever in the study to figure out: d- Did they even measure just base levels of testosterone? Was there a change in it? I can't come to any. Conclusions, um, of that, um, they did use what was called a quartz mercury lamp, which I'm not sure how that relates to UV light mm-hmm. per se, but they said it was a uh, 52% infrared, 20% luminous and 28% UV rays. So there may be some argument that maybe infrared might be useful mm-hmm. again, red light spectrum type thing. Yeah. Um, uh, but anyway, the main part of the study was, they all suffered from depressive states. Uh, the age range was, like, really crazy. Three patients were 54 uh, who had manic depressive psychosis. Two patients were 28 and 45 who had psychopathies with a depressive feature. And it looks like that was their patient population as far as I could tell. Okay. Uh, they went and just exposed different parts of their body to UV light. And they tried to measure uh, some changes in hormones. But a lot of that was reported as IU, I use instead of an actual blood measurement. And it was unclear as to how they were even getting those numbers. Gotcha. <laughs> so all this to take away is that I can't make heads or tails out of this. The only know. thing I can find that might. Be related to this claim was that after five year radiations during six days the andro androstone excretion was raised from seventy to two hundred fifty i u which is nearly two hundred percent but again, that's not necessarily testosterone per se yeah that's excretion I don't know if they're measuring that in the urine would be my guess um but yeah. So very weird study. I'm not sure how you could take away anything really yeah. <laughs> from that that says, yeah, go put your nutsack in the sun and your <sighs> testosterone will go up. <sighs>
0: uh. So uh, uh, the, I'm not going to rush out and like, Put my ass in the air and sun my balls over a very small percentage chance that something might work. You yes. guys go ahead. You know, right now the, uh, in my opinion, the, uh, the jury's still out on this. Um, so you guys can do it and hope for that 1% chance and just report back and I'll sit this one out for another decade and, uh, yeah, see what happens. So yeah, there, there is
1: some stuff that's, maybe sort of hints at skin exposure, maybe, but that could be regulated via low levels of vitamin D. That could yeah, be that's what I was through about, yeah. tons of other things. Um, there's an old study saying exposure to UV component of solar radiation does increase testosterone levels in males. But again, this is, if you look at the reference for that, that's quoting this wacky study I just read. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, I wouldn't say that, Yeah. <laughs> Based off of reading <sighs> the
0: <to> study. <laughs> so, yeah, they're reaching for things. And, like, right now, like, vitamin D, we're still finding out what all it does. Yes. Um, And it's proven, like, 100% proven that, like, you get vitamin D from sun. Like, here's one. My wife, we test her blood regularly. And this winter, we take vitamin D in the winter. Cause we're in the Northern hemisphere and we know we don't get as much sun. Yes. So this winter she tested out and taking her vitamin D, she fell in the optimal range. Uh, I don't know. She was like 65 or whatever. And the scales like 40 to 60 for optimal, whatever. Yeah. Was. I would agree with that. for And, your uh, scales. so we just tested her like two weeks ago and now we've been getting sun. She was taking the same amount of vitamin D mm-hmm. and like, her levels were at like 140. Holy shit. And it's like time to back off the D we're going yeah. out in the sun now. So she just like knocked it down. And so she'll just take a tiny amount once a week now instead of some every day. <clears throat> and it just shows, I mean, there's a, uh, there's, it, too much is not good, but I mean, yeah, sun's good for you. You get out, get some D, but and like in the winter, if you're in the Northern hemisphere and live away from the equator, probably a good idea. Um, And that's what I take vitamin D in the winter. And then summertime comes and I know, like, I own a little farm. Plus, I like being outside. I'm going to be in the sun a lot. Mm -hmm. I just, okay, don't need it now. So. uh.
1: Yeah. And I'm guilty of this in the past. If I looked at vitamin D levels in people, even from at-home tests, (laughs) I'd be like, oh, just take more vitamin D. Now I'm like, "Eh, meh, let's. My first question is, how much are you ever outside? Yes. And it's like, yes, if you. You know, live in the Kansas area or if you're in Minnesota and it's the middle of winter, you can run around buck naked outside. You're just not going to get enough UV light, much less UV light on your nut sack and everything <laughs> else. As you're worried about like shit actually freezing and falling off. Yes. Yeah. Well, not wise and not that effective. Oh. So yeah, you might need to take vitamin D, but man, I've lost track of track athletes in California, Florida that I've looked at mm-hmm. testy you know, other tropical countries for Christ's sake, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like, how are you deficient in vitamin D? And so I'm like, how often are you ever outside? Yeah. And it's amazing how many people are like, well, you know, I walk to my car in the morning, you know, and then in the evening and do even things like track practice. You're like, yeah. don't you tend to wear minimal clothes because it's hot? Oh, well, we moved all of our track practice to like after 6 p.m. because it's mm-hmm. too hot. Yeah. Oh, so now the only time you're outside is the time when the angle of the sun is so low, you're really not getting any UV light. So therefore you're not getting any vitamin D. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then there's other cofactors, magnesium, a bunch of other stuff. You know, if someone is opting to take a vitamin D supplement and you're not doing further testing to see where they're at, your only solution can't be just take more vitamin D. Right. Cause I've seen a few where, you know, blood levels didn't really go up that much. So people are like, well, just take 10 or 15,000 I use a day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's a, a horrible idea and not to try to figure out why is it not going up. Yeah. Right. If yeah, you were taking a thousand I use, maybe your dose isn't high enough. Once you start getting, you know, like Beef did a study in 1999, you know, 5,000 I use per day is kind of right where the curve starts going exponentially up. You've been taking 5,000 IUs per day for quite a while, six to eight weeks, and your vitamin D levels have not changed at all. Taking 10,000 IUs a day is not going to be the best solution.
0: (laughs) Well, and isn't it like, God, is it K2? It's like supposed to take vitamin K as well with it.
1: Yeah, that's potentially because high levels of vitamin D without K2, if I remember right, can deposit calcium more in the joints. Gotcha. So one of the other questions I ask people is, have you started having more joint pain? Mm. And a couple of times I've worked with people who are like, well, I don't know, I just, uh, I read online, I should just t- start taking like 10,000 IUs of vitamin D a day. And then four weeks later, they have all this weird joint pain that they can't figure out. Mm. And I'm like, one, have you ever had your D levels tested? Two, yeah. stop taking 10,000 IUs a day. Um, and they're like, oh, my joints feel better now. <sighs> God. Yeah. So the the old school whack-a-mole nutrition thing, you can and, – and D is relatively safe, right? I mean, yeah. compared to other things you could be doing. But even with something like that, I mean, you just you – got to kind of – know what the hell you're doing.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's like
1: anything. Like,
0: <laughs> more is not essentially better. No. Fuck, even drugs. Like, we've talked about this on the yeah. show. Like, okay, so I can take 500 milligrams. What if I take 4,000? It's like, yeah. uh, you know? <laughs> um, it's not always, like, it doesn't extrapolate out that way. Where, like, You can't just dump top fuel into a car and expect it to just run awesome. No, and there's going to be drawbacks and it's not that hard, especially in today's day and age. Like even today compared to 15 years ago to get blood work done, to show where you're at is easy. You just, you can order that shit online and take it to anywhere. And three days later you got your stuff done for like a hundred bucks. It's like, if your health is worth it, spend the (laughs) hundred dollars. Yeah. Uh, And figure out where you're at before you just start dumping things into the system.
1: I mean, even even now for my online clients, it's like, okay, especially for guys. Like, most of my online clients are actually, oddly enough, female trainers. But even for guys, I'm like, okay, when's the last time you had blood work done? I don't know. Like, you don't know or you don't remember. It's been a while. Okay, if you can't remember, it's been way too long, number (laughs) one. Number two, do you even have a physician? No. No. Okay. Well, one, go find a physician. Yeah. Two, even if you don't want to do that, then at least, like you said, I'll send you a link, you can get it drawn. Mm-hmm. You know, I can look at it in terms of health parameters, but yeah. if anything's wacky, I'm gonna send you back to find a physician to yes. figure it out. Yep. And even then I I don't know. I go back and forth. Like I didn't do it for many years. Now I'm doing it again. I've done it with a fair amount of high level athletes for different people and stuff. Just because I feel somewhat qualified to do it, but yet not. But the Mm -hmm. fact that if I don't do it, they're not doing anything scares me more than me. And I've got a MD, PhD guy who overlooks all the stuff that I do too on staff to at least look at it and feel like, well, at least we're doing something. Because if I just tell them like I did in the past, okay, go find your doctor, get blood work. Every single time, with the exception of two, when I followed up, it's like, hey, bro, did you do that? No, man, I never got around to it. Oh, God.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's weird. People would rather just take something. Well, maybe I'm low in this, so I'll just take four times the natural, you know, what you're supposed to. It's like you wouldn't do that to your car. Like if your car takes five quarts of oil, you're not going to put eight in it. Just, well, a little bit more is probably better. <laughs> uh yeah.
1: yeah. And it's, it's you know naughty, so. I found stuff where even when they are working with physicians and women tend to be way better about this than guys, unfortunately, or fortunately depends on who you're working with. But even then, it's like okay, let me look at it. Okay, go back to your doc and ask them about these you know wacky red blood cell levels and all mm-hmm. this other stuff. They're like, uh my doc says I'm fine. I'm like. You look like a cyclist taking EPO and you're not taking anything. <laughs> like that's maybe you could argue you're still quote unquote healthy, but that's not normal. Yeah. Uh, the one person we ended up having her do a sleep study, she was getting, you know, so hypoxic at night because she had mm-hmm. sleep apnea so yeah. bad. That it was driving up her red blood cell mass
0: and everything mm-hmm. else. That's what so, happened to me before I had my CPAP. Yeah. It's like your blood pressure up, your hemocrites up. But And then that all shit leveled out. Even cholesterol was jacked up some because of I was dying at night, essentially. Yeah. (laughs) So but uh, that was my big thing. And people don't look for the root cause. Yes. And that's like I was looked at like I was strange. So when I was 29, I guess it would have been 28, 29. Is when I went to the doctor and finally tested, like, my hormone levels. And I was at, like, over five separate tests. By highest, I was on the scale. My testosterone was at 47. Woo. Yeah, like, super low. Dude's like, what the hell's wrong with you? Yeah. And then he's like, okay, well, we're going to put you on testosterone. And I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Can we figure out why I'm there first? Right. You know? And he was like, what? I was like, yeah, I don't just want your pills and potions. Let's figure out why. And so then from there, it was, of course, more work. And luckily, I had good insurance and stuff like that. But So then it was like MRIs on my brain and my pituitary gland and yep. this and that. And this and yeah, the, but
1: especially if you're that low and you're not responding to Yeah, it. and
0: it's like, find out why. And uh, let's get to the root before we throw things at it. You could have a freaking tumor. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And that's that was the big thing because my my mother passed away from brain cancer. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm like, come on, man, let's check into this shit. (laughs) You know, but nobody does that anymore. They're like, they see the symptom and then they throw shit at it. But then what you usually see is then they're throwing shit at new symptoms from the medication they're taking. So now you're on 14 things because 13 of those are to combat the side effects from the other things. Mm-hmm. And we still don't know what the fuck caused the original thing. Uh, it's like, take a little time. Let's get some testing done. You know, first off, like we just said, I'm a big proponent of at least once a year, just get your blood work done. Yes, at least get your blood work done once a year. See where the hell you're at. <laughs> um, and then if something's wrong, get more tests done to see why it's wrong. But yeah, it's, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I've
1: lost track now how many dudes I've not necessarily talked out of hormone replacement. I'm not pro or against it at all. I something so far in my life, I've chose not to do, but that's just my personal decision. Yeah. Um, but for God's sake, like if you, if the first thing you go to your doc and they're like, yeah, you're low. Here's your prescription. Go somewhere else. Yes. Right. And yeah. especially have a discussion with your doctor as to, okay, why is it low? And if you do want to go on, great, that's fine. I don't care. But make sure you ask your doc, how would I ever get off Mm -hmm. if I decide to go off? Because a percentage of people might not ever be able to go off, Mm -hmm. right? And it's a little bit tricky to figure out if you're one of those people or not. So make sure you're well-educated with what are the pros, what are the cons. You know, for some people... They don't care. They're like, oh, if I got to do this the rest of my life and use needles, fine, whatever. Yeah. I'm like, okay, great. But I've had friends who have been busted in other countries mm-hmm. where they don't acknowledge the U S prescription and they're carrying illegal yes. drugs with them and they were going to be there for three months. And you know, so just, just put some thought into it and just, yeah. for God's sake, make an educated decision, whatever you decide.
0: Yes, I agree. Um, or hell I'm one of those weird people that like my doctor gives me things. And I'm, I will take that bottle, and then I will research what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> how crazy! And, and research the side effects and things like that. Like I like doctor. I I, I think modern medicine is amazing, but it's flawed. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to take the time and educate yourself on this. Like, and it's right here at your fingertips nowadays.
1: Yeah, it's Uh easier than
0: ever. Yeah, it's easier than ever to just fucking look it up. And it's like, okay, well, this thing says, like, there's been numerous times where I didn't take, like, okay, we're going to give you a pack, And I'm like, okay, but, you know, I'm an athlete, and that hurts your connective tissue and this and that, and it's shown this. uh, I'm just going to sit this one out, you know, Mm -hmm. because I've got a cold. And I'm going to let it run its course, and then a week later, I'm fine. and. You know that's not worth. You know some of those medicines. It's been proven that like people blow tendons and shit, and it's like, yeah. eh, you know, I yeah, go up seven hundred pounds every other week.
1: You yeah, yeah leviquin's a really big one for that. So that to me is like a red flag. If I have an athlete who goes to their doc, they get prescribed levoquin for whatever reason, I'm like. I would highly talk to your doc and see, is that exactly. the only option? And show them these studies. And get. I get it. It's case reports. It's it's mm-hmm. somewhat anecdotal. But, man, at some point when it shows up enough in the literature, especially if there's another potential option, yes. I would have that conversation with your physician. But, again, mm-hmm. it's, it, a lot of people don't know that. I didn't know that up until four years ago, and yes. I had two or three consults of people who just below their ACL, or not ACL, their Achilles. Yes. And figure out why. And, again, could be anecdotal, but both of them had run a course of Levaquin like three, mm-hmm. four weeks before it. All of a sudden, snap. And I'm like, oof. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, and then I urge you, too, to, like, I have a wonderful GP that I can sit down and talk about anything with. Yes. And she'll hear you out, and we'll have an intelligent conversation looking at both sides. Yep. Um, If you don't have that, Find it. Yes. You know, that's what I hate that people, that's the same thing with my hip. Like, I've had numerous people, like, go for a joint replacement, and they go to the first doctor, and the doctor's like, okay, we're doing this. And I'm like, what kind of hip or what kind of knee are they putting in this and that? And they're like, well, it's this technology from 25 years ago. Fucking fire them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> go find a new one. Like, the first hip guy I went to wanted to put in a 30-year-old hip. Why? Because he was a 60-year-old doctor, and that's the hip he puts in.
1: Yeah. But that's, that's all of his one, data too, right? That's
0: what he knows. Exactly. And it's like, that's neat. You can keep doing that for Jim down the street that's 70 years old and is not athletic. Mm-hmm. And he'll be fine. That's not the hip I'm going to go for. You know? And, you know, I'm going to shop around and find the right doctor for me. And like with a GP, I'm going to find one that I can sit down and I'm comfortable with and I can talk to about health and let's figure out a plan. And let's talk both sides out. But. Yeah.
1: And I've noticed that. Different professions, and again, this is a a huge generalization, so I don't want all orthopedics and cardiologists writing to me, but orthopedics in general, I would say, tend to be much more conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get it, because you want accumulated data because you're putting a, a piece of hardware in someone mm-hmm. that's going to have to last for many years to a couple decades. Yeah. Interventional cardiologists tend to be... A lot more cowboy-ish. It's like, hey, yeah. that thing's prove. Give me that thing. I'll stick it in right now. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll vary across yeah. professions. That'll vary across physicians. Yes. And so part of it is having an actual discussion with mm-hmm. your physician. And part of that is looking at, do you both agree on your your risk-reward tolerance? Yeah. And right? in your case, Phil, it's like, hey, I'm going to try to go back and lift really heavy shit. Yep. So you're probably going to be okay with something that's newer that maybe has a little bit less data, but potentially has a lot greater outcome yes. because you're already crawling under 700 pounds for Christ's yeah. sake. Right. So you want to find someone whose sort of risks sort of match where you're at, or at least is willing to acknowledge that and have a discussion about it.
0: Yeah. And I'm willing to sign off on it.
1: Like, okay. Exactly. Cause you yeah. have to sign off on it. yeah
0: Yep. Exactly. And I'm going to sign off yeah. on this and say, okay, you know, I'm willing to take those risks, but it's, at least know them. Yeah. Um, and have an open conversation about them. So, but, yeah. Anyways, we're about to end here. I'm going to my first Highland games again in three years. Fun. So it'll be good. I got to go defend my field record. Uh, oh, there you go. I'm, I'm ahead of the game. So my last Highland games, I didn't practice at all. <laughs> and, uh, this time I got two hours of practice in. So, oh, we're good. I'm, like, warmed up. I'm ready to go. Uh It'll be fun. No, I'm glad, like, I got my training partner. He's going to do his first Highland Games. And uh we're going to start throwing once a week. It was just fun. Like, I was sore after that two-hour practice in body parts I forgot I owned. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I'm still, like, power powerlifter. Powerlifting is still my sport. And it probably always will be until I can't. But, you know, once a week, we're going to take the time while it's nice out from now until fall to go throw. Um, just because of that different stimulus. And it just mm-hmm. felt good to, to spin in circles and jump. <laughs> you know, yes. It's something we don't get in our sport. And, uh, you know, my guess would be I'll benefit from it. Um, just from getting out of that plane of motion that I'm, I live in. And in new planes. Like my neck, my right trap, mm. my whole trunk um was just wrecked in in, in good soreness. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't bad. And it's just from that different stimulus. But yeah, if anybody's around, we're gonna be in Wichita throwing. I'm gonna go down there and try and try and match my field record and chief. And Where not is it? A in f- Wichita. A lot of a, uh it's right near the airport. Some there's a okay. big Renaissance festival. So it's at the oh, Wichita Rent Fest. And we will be the spectators. This is a fun one because they uh like we have a field for all the events, except for caber, and then for caber, they have us throw where the horses joust. oh wow, so you've got big horse divots and turds all over the place <laughs> yeah there's big turds all over the place and divots from their feet uh makes it interesting, but uh, yeah, it'll be fun. you' not get, get out there and put a kilt on again and throw far, uh. I'm not going to break any world records, but I'm going to go out and have fun and drink some mead and throw things far. So
1: there you go. Yeah. And people are listening. We obviously talked about it in the show in the past is like, find something to do for recreation, like yeah. go have fun, do different motor a- patterns, like just expose your body to different stimulus that you are yes. just not going to get in the gym. And, even then, like I bought a K-Box, which is a flywheel thing, uh, last December. And part of it, because after kiteboarding, my, my legs were wrecked for a week and a half Mm -hmm. and I trained before I got here, but I realized I don't do a lot of that rapid speed and rapid eccentric motion Mm -hmm. of, you know, potentially getting dropped out of the sky and trying to (laughs) land on your feet. So with, the K box stuff, because it's a flywheel, you're pulling against this heavier overload in a very safe uh way. Mm-hmm. And so far, knock on wood, I haven't had too many sessions, but my legs and knees feel dramatically better than they did at this time last year.
0: So Yeah, a big one for me that I'd urge everybody to do is like find another sport yes. that you don't take so seriously. Like filing games is my fun sport. And I don't like in powerlifting. I'm vested in that, and I have been for 20 years. And I take my meets very serious. Highland Games, I just literally go out and have fun. If I do well, woohoo! If I don't, <laughs> yeah, whatever. You know, no skin off my back. But I'm just out doing athletic things for the pure joy of it. Like no, like I don't care. If I go down there and I throw 14 feet less than my field record, I don't give a shit. I had fun, you know. <laughs> And it's a mental break too. it's just like go do athletic things that for the pure enjoyment of doing athletic things. So,
1: plus you're outside so, around fun people drinking. Yeah, need what's exactly like?
0: in a skirt? <laughs> you know, I'm I'm wearing a dress for God's sakes. It's amazing. So, um anyways, we'll report back on how I did. It'll probably be horrible, but I will enjoy it. So, um, yeah, we'll so you did the thing back. exactly. So, well, until next week, everybody. I hope you got something out of it. Go sun your balls and uh, drink some mead.
1: There you go.